This is the Star Wars Squadrons Podcast, Season 3, Episode 4, an episode, like all of the episodes lately, episodes that I've been meaning to get to as I've gotten back into the podcast. I'm very easy to know who to have on because I know the ones that I've been wanting to do it. And this has been one I've been running to for a while, wanting to get to. Gray Squadron, I had Cheese on a long time ago. In season one, talking about Grey Discord in its infancy, but I really feel since last summer, you know, things have changed as as Jito and Neurotic Tim, my guests today, have taken the leadership role there. It's been awesome to see it become, I think, the premier destination for Star Wars Squadrons on Discord. Grey Discord, glad to have you guys on here. Jito, how are you doing today? Not doing great time bombs. Good to be with you again. A couple, uh, twice in a couple weeks. I mean, yeah, that was like, so. that was yeah, that was not podcast specifically. That was you know that was different. But you're right, right. again, again, True. another appearance on the channel. First time on the cast, second time on the channel. Glad to have you back, uh, Tim as well. Glad to have you here today. Hey, happy to be here, man. Yeah, this is awesome to have you guys both on here. Um, so Cheeto, first tell me, how did you get in? To Star Wars Squadrons before the game came out, how did you hear about it? What's your background in flight sims? Uh, so for for me, I grew up playing, you know, the Tie Fighter series or the X Wing and Tie Fighter stuff. Um, especially X Wing Alliance is one that's most formative for me. Uh, it came out in 1999 while I was in high school. Uh, I've I still play that every now and then. I, you know, for anybody out there, if you haven't played the X Wing Alliance upgrade. Like you should, you should get X-wing Alliance. It's pretty cheap on Steam or any of those places. The upgrade pack is is awesome. Really boosts up the graphics and everything. It's and it's still a fun experience. And so, when I saw on uh, on Twitter or Facebook from EA's page that like Squadrons coming out, I you know I pre-ordered it and I was like I was ready to go when it came out. So, and I was super pumped for it. It like it, it, my favorite type of game ever really mm -hmm. is the Star Wars, you know, Starfighter Sims. So so right away, yeah, a, a lot of I mean, so like a lot of people having that background in the older game were ready for it. And I'm assuming you play on PC. Do you play with a flight stick? Yeah, yeah. I um, so I'm on my third de uh, device. I started with I still had my um, my Extreme 3D Pro uh, Logitech, so I started with that, and then um, I upgraded to a uh, Logitech X52, and then um, now I and the X52 is a Hotus, and so um, now I use the NXT uh, Gladiator, um, and I still use the X52 throttle. Mm, nice. So Tim, for you, what was your background with Flight Sims, and how did you find out about Squadrons? What was it like for you getting into it? Oh man, I um, I'm sort of unique in this. I think when I say that I don't, I didn't really play any of the previous flight simulator type games. Uh, never cared for Ace Combat or mm -hmm. Microsoft Flight Simulator. Never cared for. Didn't even really get into the X-wing or uh, Tie series games. It was just I'm a big Star Wars nerd, mm -hmm. not a big gamer. Oh, um, okay. So I was down for some medical issues uh, right around Christmas time last year. Uh, that would be 20, not 21. And um, mm -hmm. surfing on my PlayStation 4 looking for games, and I saw that there was a multi-pack, a bundle pack, 
with um, Fallen Order, Battlefront 2, and this game called Squadrons. And I'm like, oh, hey, I know what Squadrons is. Like, yeah, I, I could go fly an X-Wing. <laughs> so I played it on my PS4 for a while, and you really just A-wing the crap out of it for, I don't know, a solid month or so. <laughs> oh, wow, the classic uh, entry, A-wing main. Oh, yeah, A-wing main. <laughs> um, so I don't know exactly who I ran into or exactly when it was, but I ran into a stack that just demolished me. Completely, utterly embarrassing, really. Could have been cheese, could have been, I mean, could have been anyone, really. <laughs> um, so I, you know, did what any responsible adult would do and went on Reddit to bitch and found um, <laughs> something called Wingman Wednesday. And I was like, wait a minute, there's, what's this Discord thing? I'd never heard of Discord before. I mentioned it to my wife and she, of course, rolled her eyes and says, what are you, like 50? <laughs> yeah, get on Discord, go find some people to play your video games with. So I did. Um, I looked at several different servers. I popped into several of them to check them out, and some of them were a little too casual, and some of them were a little too mil-simmy, and Gray just seemed to be sort of the Goldilocks uh, server for me, and so I sort of committed to that and decided this is going to be my spot, and so I've been playing ever since, I'm sort of hit or miss with the quality of my content, <laughs> but uh, but that's that's really what got me into it i've never been an online gamer before this i've never really enjoyed playing online until mm. i met this family that's so, wow that's, that's pretty cool it kind of opened up a whole community for you now you said you were on ps4 when you started are you still on ps4 do you still have you switched over to pc oh, buddy. still console so i was ps4 for a while and i enjoyed the crap out of it uh, a friend of mine at work said hey i've got this hotus i don't use anymore <laughs> Um, I'll sell it to you cheap. So I said, sure, you know, sign me up. So he brought it into work and it was this, this huge, big SciTech X56. It's now Logitech, but at the time it was SciTech. And I was super excited. I came home and I plugged it into my PlayStation and no, no joy. No <laughs> Son of a gun. So I thought, well, what's the responsible adult thing to do? Well, I'm going to buy this game on my PC. I have a laptop. Uh, it's a, supposedly a gaming laptop. I thought, cool, I'll I'm sure this will run it. So I bought it. Then I uh, plugged in the throttle and stick and it's, you know, it's great. It's fantastic. But my screen is too small. So I went looking for a VR setup. Oh, <laughs> so I went out and found a VR setup on a, on the cheap, relatively speaking, uh, uh, Samsung Odyssey plus I got it home, plugged it in and suddenly I'm flying an A-wing around in space. And it's just the coolest thing ever until I queued into a multiplayer game. And the, um, the PC just could not keep up. So mm. shit. What do you do? You know, like, I guess I'm not playing this in VR after all, but I still have a tiny screen. So I went out and bought a 32-inch monitor. So now I'm into this for two copies of the game, a HOTUS, a VR headset, <laughs> and a new monitor. But I need somewhere to put this monitor because I don't have an office. I don't have a desk. So I had to go to Ikea and buy a little roll-around cart to put the monitor on. And um, so now that's where we sit. Now I'm playing it on PC with a X56 HOTUS, a 32-inch monitor sitting on my couch. So what about the VR headset that just chills now? Well, I play Skyrim. <laughs> <laughs> so Skyrim is way less resource intensive than Squadrons. Mm -hmm. For whatever reason, Squadrons is very, very resource intensive for mm -hmm. me. And uh, I know a lot of people with much higher end computers that struggle with it. So yeah. I just gave up the ghost on that. I'll play, uh, um, play Skyrim. I'll play Beat Saber, you know, yeah. various like sort of low resource VR stuff. But uh, I'm purely pancake guy now. So it is what it is. That is the one area of squadrons that it's like the undiscovered country for me like, i mean i've played on console pc i played with hodas i played mouse keyboard i've played all of the controller all the ways except 
in VR. I really would like to uh, go to like a. I mean, things are opening up near me again. Maybe I'll get to to a lounge or something like that and get to do that soon because I my yeah. my PC also my, it, it cannot handle it. I be, I built this thing to play squadrons and stream and it does that basically. <laughs> it does that. Well, awesome. It it really is. It's a whole different experience in VR and I'm I'm very sad that my PC won't run it, but at the end of the day I'm going to be a pragmatist. It's not worth it to me to spend a ton more money that I've I've already spent mm-hmm. so much on this game to build a computer that will be able to do it in VR like Maybe, you know, maybe if it was this huge thing, maybe if it was, you know, um, you know, hundreds of thousands of people playing in a, in a long lifespan then I would consider it. But given the nature of the game, it doesn't seem like it's going to be worth the investment for now. No, just let it. I mean, just let it naturally catch up if you get a new PC and it's able to probably probably good to meet in the middle yeah. there later on. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. So, you know, you had mentioned, too, you came into. Uh, the game, you're like, you know, I went to Reddit and one of the first things you looked at was the Wingmen Wednesdays, which led you to Grey Discord. That's kind of one of the ways you guys, Grey has always been very open to recruiting new players. And I think what I've noticed since you guys kind of taken over since that summer, you guys have done a better job of making a place for people who are new to develop just to like if they don't want to develop into you know comp players even they can develop into very competent players just who play the game and have fun you know with each other with it's you know like the i'm gonna mess up the name the bantha nights where they do i believe it's where they do like the ai right the fleet battles versus ai kind of an event which is weekly or groups meeting there's just different avenues for people to not be comp and sweaty but still have fun in the game which i think is cool yeah, that's that's sort of on me. That's that, that's one of the big things that I brought to Gray when I came is that, you know, any competitive game, any competitive scene is going to have their sweaty tryhards, and we love those guys, man. They make mm-hmm. for so much exciting content, and they they break the game in a good way. They figure out how to be just wildly, wildly efficient mm-hmm. at doing what they need to do. But for the, there's another, you know, a sizable percentage of us out there who either through lack of, uh, if we're being honest, through lack of ability or just time and desire, we don't really want to get to that level. We don't want to put that kind of time and effort into it. We just want to fly around our spaceships and shoot stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was always my goal coming into this to be, you know, one of the okayest pilots in the galaxy. That's actually <laughs> the tagline for my team, my mm-hmm. club team, the Black Banthas. Mm-hmm. Um, it The whole idea of it is, is we're not okay, but that's okay. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's come in, have a good time. If we can help you get better, great. If you want to get better, even better. But, you know, there's there should be no reason that we can't accommodate both ends of the spectrum here. If you just want to come in and just, just blow up the AI and just have a good old time without having to worry about ranks or, you know, um, certain specific power management or movement techniques, you know, then that's also good. So we do that. And that's, we've really put some time into making this as welcoming as we can for people all across that range. No, there's tons of people who just, like, fall into that category, especially new people who are playing the game who don't want to go online and get, they don't even know, like, what you're, what we're talking about when you talk about those movements. They just want to go in and fly around and, yeah, have that. And then probably with people, too, to get, and that's the such a good way for them to learn, to be able to at least play online if they want to, if not in a competitive sense. So I, I don't know. I think it kind of shows, too, that generally I'll get into matches more often and see people who I don't know, but who are really quite skilled in that. 50 to 100 range now you know like the development of players in that area is much higher than it once was at you know i think a point a while back it's funny you know the the funny thing to me or the interesting i guess point on this is that of the banthas of the people that i started the banthas with literally all of them are on either an scl or a 3po team in some (laughs) cases both um 
even having started with, uh, you know, we don't really want to get that sweaty. We don't really want to play that hard. And now, with the exception of me, a committed non-comp player, everyone is competing, and it's just great to see. Yeah, I think it is kind of inevitable if you stick with this game long enough because of how small the community is and, you know, how tough it can be sometimes to find matches and then how tough it can be to find competitive matches just searching. I think it does lead to people wanting to do 3PO just to give them that little bit more of a, of a comp sense that you can't really get now in the ladder. Gray also sort of facilitates sure. a lot of, like, cool, you know, internal events, like even, you know, weekly with gray squadron or sorry gravy nights rather uh being sort of like a meeting point for the whole community you know that's something that you guys have continued to run you know Gito, you continue you know, to promote it tim both of you guys as well uh what do you guys think about gravy for the last little while keeping it going um, you know, Gravy is actually an event I don't get to attend myself mm -hmm. uh, with my early my early bedtimes. I, I think <laughs> I've attended maybe I attended the first ever Saturday one, and those kind of fell off as comp stuff got more heavy. Mm -hmm. And then um, I've been at one or two Wednesday night ones, like the um, the night we did the year anniversary. I, I made some time for that one, but I'm normally going to bed as, as Gravy's getting ramping up really heavy. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I was thinking too, like just like keeping it going, promoting it wise. I mean, you guys, you know, not just on like the one year's uh, anniversary as well. You, you know, pr promote it just week to week, letting everyone know in the community that they're welcome to come out. I always think that's a that's a cool thing, and I try to let everyone know. You know, an orange and the sinisters know that they can come out. I mean, I feel like JP uh, Sisyphus has been able, who's an Aussie player, has been able to meet so many more members of the community through Gravy, which I think that's pretty awesome that it kind of. You know, I think another reason why it's sort of the the premier Discord for squadrons is that that reason. It's sort of, you know, a meeting point for everyone. Well, that's what we Gito and I've discussed this quite a bit, and the lifestyle, the the lifespan of this game is is limited. We all know that. We all came into this knowing it. That uh, we were very surprised to get the content that we have, the additional stuff. But we knew that this was going to be a short lifespan game, and it would be very important to keep the community together. And you know, we like to think that we have a pretty good relationship with Orange and Sinisters and Night Witches and EH. There's the community is so small that you get to a point where you almost know everybody and there's mm -hmm. no reason not to be friends. You know, you don't necessarily have to hang out on one another's servers, but when it comes time to, you know, shoot down big ships, let's all get together and have a good time with it. You know, mm -hmm. let's, let's scope each other out and see what's up. Mm -hmm. And I just think it's, that's one of the ways in which we want to keep this game going is uh, it's going to require having the community get involved and stay, you know, stay on it, keep playing it. No, it's one of those ways. And I mean, also like the fun events, there was just, uh, you know, Lando Catrizian kind of put together that with, you know, other people too. The the Pudo, the Pudo Invitational, what do you guys have to say? Uh, how did that go? I wasn't able to check it out the other night. How did it go? What were your thoughts uh, on it? It was last night. Um, mm -hmm. We had a whole heap of fun. We At, at points, we had more than 20 players nice. um, playing all kinds of wacky game modes with one-hit kills and ion-only primaries and... Uh, you know, we we borrowed a little bit off of Orange with the uh, race around Esselus. Oh, nice! <laughs> and um, um, I believe I don't know if it was Wasabi or JP, but uh, we did a um, we did a, a several um, passive damage only uh, fleet battles <laughs> with modifiers. And uh, I mean, we just had a great time. I'm actually going to be working on getting the scores together so we can find out who the winner is. But mm -hmm. uh, looking forward to doing more of those mm -hmm. in the in the future. That's awesome. Now, 
the other thing too, I guess we kind of forgot to, I kind of passed by this. We were talking about the the one year anniversary of Grey Discord and kind of, you know, I remember at that point too, you know, some you guys kind of talked about how, you know, it felt limited the lifespan of this game, but, you know, Grey's kind of extending it. And I feel like as much as that was like, uh, you know, a, a celebration of one past year, it did seem to like kind of set up for the future. Do you guys want to talk about uh, some of the stuff from the one year anniversary from the, I mean, even the interview with the Ian or anything there? Um, yeah, well, so Ian was really cool. I reached out to both, uh, him and, uh, Charlemagne. Um, these are the two big developers, the creative director, uh, for motive at the time. And, and he was very receptive. He said he'd come in and he'd hang out and talk with us for a while. We had a bunch of prize giveaways. The officers and crew of the gray squadron pulled their own money to put together, uh, some giveaways and whatnot, just as to celebrate the one year anniversary of Gray, just so we're clear, it's not the one year anniversary of the game. No, no, um, sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, it's fine. But we, um, when he came in and he said, you know, he said he was going to commit to about half an hour, maybe 45 minutes, and then he hung out for well over an hour, um, answered questions very, very in depth. It was sort of a great way to, you know, put the people who made the game in touch with the people who play it the most. And, uh, you know, we, on top of that, we had some giveaways for, you know, big names in the community, people who have who have actually worked to continue the game. That includes you, but also a lot of people over at Savrip, and um, even reached out to some of the original Gas guys, and oh, you know, sent out some some neat, nifty little pins and prizes for them, just to say thank you for keeping this thing going. Oh, um, I haven't had my. Was, I'm gonna show mine right on screen. I have my Gray Squadron pin. Like these are amazing. These pins, I love them. We're, so nice we were pretty stoked to have them made. And yeah. again, you know, it was once again, it was the, the through the efforts of Gray's uh, officer corps, all our lieutenants and above who contributed. And in some cases, we had a few of the um, few of the newer guys say, hey, how can I get in on this? And, and it was really cool. Um, I think the bigger thing was, though, to, to sort of, you know, that, that I think that maybe put Gray on the map more than anything did at that point, because we were able to get Ian to come in and hang out with us and talk. <laughs> and uh, we had what well, at one point we had 75 people in, in the stage just sort of listening in, just hearing what the guy had to say. And uh, it was super cool. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what else to say about it. I think that might be underselling it a little bit, but it is still available. You can still find it. Oh, nice. Um, we should give a shout out to that. Yeah. To the, we'll give a, I'll give a link in the description below. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember who's got it, but somebody's got it uh, recorded somewhere. We can, we can get that VOD for. Uh, yeah, sure. I'll throw that down below. That always be. Yeah. I mean, that's always a cool one to revisit to to hear his thoughts. I mean, that was sure. I. I tried to get them on the podcast multiple times, but they were they were not interested. But it's it's. I feel like that they did take the time to talk to the community at length there, and I mean, there's a lot of I think interesting uh, points that they made about their thoughts going into development. Uh, I think one of the things too that you know in the. SEL chat about Xavier, and I believe they were talking about how the AI pathing was done differently, and they didn't change that later in that talk, if I'm not mistaken. So it's just little things like that that are revealed that are that are interested, interesting to me, anyways, to hear more about. Oh, I was wildly amused by the um, the drift bug. If you recall, the drift aim registration or hit registration was all wacky um, early early mm -hmm, in the game, mm -hmm, and as it turns mm -hmm. out, we we're in the course of that conversation. It turns out that. Uh, they had just forgotten to flip a switch. <laughs> they, 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 they turned the switch off to do some testing and then just neglected to turn the switch back on. So when they did do an update, it was like, oh, let's just flip that switch flip back that on. Back on. Yeah. So now we can now you can hit people when they're drifting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. In yeah. some ways, yeah. though, the dead drift, it was very balancing. And I wonder now being able to dead drift and be invulnerable 
would help con- helped console players out in a lot of ways because I remember I played support and I just leaned on that so heavily in those <laughs> in those days and yeah. then and then I was like oh I have to like learn this game now <laughs> and I sucked at support <laughs> after, on console after that I was like not good yeah. Yeah. <laughs> game changed a, yep. a lot over time uh to I guess because of those things it's it's been kind of it was interesting to me because of unfortunately they didn't see where the game would end up they did some hits to the a-wing over time that I wonder if they hadn't done if it, the a-wing would be in a better place now though at the time it seemed kind of necessary for the ship I think there was like a a boost activation penalty early on that they hit that I was like and a shield a shield recharge rate I was like wow those would be handy now probably for them I think the trickiest part with the A-Wing simply was just trying to balance it for both dogfight and fleet battles with the same with the same hits, right? Mm-hmm. So it doesn't play different in one place than the other. Mm-hmm. And like it's still a pretty dominant ship in some dogfights, especially out in the public queue, right? Um still tons of people are flying around A-wings, murdering seals, you know, all that all that stuff. But in fleet battles it's completely lost its role. And yeah. I, you know I think if they would have been, say, able to make it do one thing in fleet battles with its specs into another in dogfight, it might be an overall more viable ship. But instead it was, hey, we're making these changes, but they applied to everything. Yeah, it's so true because they took away they took away its damage, but they made it so its damage output in fleet battles, but they made it so weak that it couldn't survive to do any dogfighting as well because I mean it took away the damage output from them. It, it just it nerfed it across the board so it just lost its place. It's a pretty interesting I guess the reason well, why it, I kind of, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to add that, it, you know, it's tough. It's like being a centrist politician, being a video game developer, trying <laughs> to find something that doesn't damn you in the eyes of one or the other. When you have a comp scene as vocal and as strong as this, um, and then you have the the casuals who come in and pick up the game, uh, trying to find the balance that's going to make them both happy, is uh, it's got to be a fool's errand. I, I really feel for the people who have to do this sort of thing and try to find that balance, because no matter what you do, somebody's going to be unhappy. And I think at the end of the day, what they did may have been a little on the heavy-handed side, but given the short time period they had and the the budget that I'm sure came with that time period, I think they did the best they could with what they had. Um, I I will say we we did this Pudo thing last night where we one of our games was called Alphabet Squadron, where each team had to have one of each ship on the field, and uh, the A-wing's much more viable when you force it. If you can take away the the um, Empire's advantage of having two or three bombers, two or three defenders, mm-hmm. and and you know spread it out a little bit more, it doesn't it doesn't make up for the flaws in the ship, but it definitely makes it more viable when you're not playing on meta. I completely can see that. That, that makes. I mean, that's the one problem, right? Like the balance when you have some ships being overpowered and then you overuse them, then it kind of takes. So I see what you're saying. So if you can't overuse them, then it's going to make the balance a little bit better for those ships, too. Yeah. I yeah, mean, the, the, yeah, the, I meta, mean... the meta is what it is. It's going to be people are going to figure out the best way to do the best, the most damage or complete the objective in whatever game it is. It doesn't have to be squadrons. This is any any multiplayer game. There's always going to be a crew of people who are de- dedicated to being as efficient as possible. Um. But in the case of playing it in a non-meta way and just trying to do goofy things, it does become <laughs> much more viable. I I think it's funny. I think Gonk kind of has described it to me. Like, the A-Wing is the one ship that you just fly like a normal 
flying game. <laughs> you don't, you know, like all the other yeah. ships, you're boost gasping, you're just shun chart, you're doing all these other things while you fly drifting constantly. The A Wing, you get to actually just fly. So it is kind of nice that way. Mm -hmm. now, you guys also, too, we talked about the Pudu Knight. There was also like the 4v4 dogfighting tournament not Dog that fighting. long ago. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Kebla ran that tournament. It was basically a uh, short time limit, um, aggressive hitting dogfights. Um, the general of the population that participated in that really enjoyed enjoyed that tournament. Um, what the the rule set itself with only five minutes and then we also knocked down hull strength on the empire shields on both factions upped primary damage significantly so like ions were a little op uh short respawn times down to 15 seconds so everything was just fast paced uh you know stuff was easier to kill but you were getting back out on the field it Whereas some of the 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 uh, the non-mod high-level dogfights with the 20, 30-minute time limits or whatever, they end up being less aggressive because it's really about that evasion that we see, and because it is such a long time to kill. Whereas this turned it into a more aggressive. Uh, dogfight match because you only had five minutes to accumulate as many kills as possible so instead of instead of laying back and looking for a moment to get a kill and trying to save yourself it was definitely a more aggressive feel which everybody really liked because like i mean that's what we think of when we think of dogfights mm -hmm. is you're aggressively going after your target and trying to take them out mm -hmm. so uh really well um well received by um by gray players we had people from ctx and murder hornets and uh right. eh um we're, we're all out and uh, just positive comments all around which was, it was fun it's cool pushing the pushing the dog yeah because there's so many uh teams does gray have many teams in the dog fighting leagues as well actually i haven't really noticed that i don't, uh, I don't follow them as closely there were yeah, so last season, Gray had two teams in the 3v3 league and one team in the in the 5v5 dogfighting league. So that's uh, SCFL and SPL, uh, respectively. Um, but in general, a lot of the Gray players have just not enjoyed those high-level dogfights as much because... Uh, they like especially the matches against uh, like say CTX uh, Gray versus CTX would go to time limit, mm -hmm. and most of those guys would feel exhausted after just evading for twenty minutes or twenty <laughs> or whatever it was. You know, they would benefit um, from uh, forcing A wings versus interceptors. I think almost in that, like it makes for a better game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, or some other some other adjustments. And from what I know, SPL is is working on some rule set adjustments for this coming season. But as of now, I don't know if any great teams will be participating um, in the next season of SPL. I know there are not any participating in SCFL. So right now, Gray is, uh, from a competitive uh, standpoint, is only in fleet battles with mm -hmm. seven teams uh, in the, the just started season of SCL and. Um, uh, What's the number seven or seven three PO teams? Maybe one, two, oh, three, wow. four, five, six, six or seven three PO teams as well. Seven, yeah, it is seven. That's awesome. Yep. Yeah, three PO. I mean, you guys also we should mention there's the other three P, the three like a gravy night for three v three on on Mondays, right? That's one that I've never gone to. I should go over those. 
Yeah. yeah, that one starts a little later, as mm-hmm. I recall. Um, yep. uh, and uh, our Euro Club best car, who often holds some events for Euro evenings, mm-hmm. uh, like on Wednesdays, they, they get on at like, I don't know, 7 or 8 p.m. Uh, yeah, so like 7.30 p.m. Uh, UTC. Um, they're talking about trying to pick a time to do some 3v3 as well. Yeah, so some Euro-based one. I was actually just in talks to them because I think that could be more likely something that I go to. And, and yeah, that sounds like another really cool way. You don't necessarily need as many people to, and you have a bunch of games going. And I like the 3PO style more and more now. Ever since, you know, kind of the 3PO blew up, I think after Kid, uh, Cal Cup kind of ended, I think the 3PO became more popular and people, more teams kind of got into it. I definitely got more interested in it. And it's been, I really enjoy the mode now, actually. I haven't been able to play my games yet for the season in 3PO, but I will soon. And yeah, that's it. So I'm excited for for that. And I'll go up with some of those nights. So, it, it, sorry, go ahead. It's just, it's really clever that we've got people who can create new modes like that. You know, the... Um the idea that we could do a 3v3 in a game that's designed to be 5v5 and have mm-hmm. it be not just fun but successful and have lots of teams and lots of people into it that's just so cool to me i just I, think i i don't know if it was wookie that came up with it or, or who exactly came up with the rule set i don't mm-hmm. recall but uh but bravo to whoever did and whoever put the work in because it really does work people really do love that style that mode it is Wookie who did develop it, and uh, as far as I know, she did come up with the idea and the rule set of it. So I'm gonna give her I'm gonna give her all the credit until someone says otherwise to me. I guess right now. <laughs> but you're right. Like it, it is funny. I remember Hobbs the other day too had mentioned. Go. Oh, I wonder about the. He was like, I wonder about the fours. What about the what about the fours? What about the four people? What would be different. You know, he was like wondering if if that would change things up. And I kind of think it would make it a lot different in uh in a four sense too. Like it just does change things that way as well. Mm-hmm. It sure does. Oh, yeah. I'll let you go, Tim. No, no. Go ahead. I was just, I was just going to say the the concern is there. um, You know, you start having too many different types of play, and people start. You don't want to oversaturate either, though. So there's a little bit of a concern there as far as like a three PO, a four PO, and then a five v five. You know. Yeah, it gets a little overwhelming. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. I. Oh yeah, uh-huh. yeah. It would it would get overwhelming. I think from a, you know, from a stra- uh, perspective, like some of us have been commenting that at this point, three PO, it just feels like you burn through everything so quickly because the mods do have everything weaker, and especially now that SCL is looking at these like has these beefier cap ships. When we go from an SCL practice to a three PO <laughs> game, it's like man, that cruiser went by fast. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, and and I I wonder what a what a four player game would look like with maybe vanilla cap ships or whatever mm-hmm. uh, just to see what it looks like because uh, unlike you know at the five level you you might you might run the support you might not you know who knows like it, it would create some i think some different gameplay than you see at either threes or so that's fives, the thing again, i wonder because threes it's almost like you it, can't it do be... pk and you know i mean it's a race with fives in a lot of ways so i wonder if four might actually be the one that leads to more pk maybe there's a lot of pk in the bottom half of 3po though if there you look really at, is there really you're right you're right for you, sure if you look at if you look at at nexu on down basically the bottom four divisions in fact mm-hmm. yeah so um 
Yeah, that's one of the interesting things. I think that's one reason why a bunch of players love the three PO, especially down in those divisions. Is the players aren't as evasive, and so PK is a is a bigger part of that game because, and also you don't have support on the field resupplying the bombers, so you mm-hmm. get you can get that tie bomber down without them getting that resupply. Uh, you know, especially because not all the three PO teams have like a support player that can run the one support two bomber lineup, for instance. So changes the game a lot when you mm-hmm. have to make choices on, on who's playing, what roles you've got, etc. So the, and another thing too, um, they created the league for new players because fleet fives yeah. was intimidating. So it was to the rule set was created for new players, making the shields a little lower, um, banning turrets. There used to be limitations on uh, who could play in the league, like you couldn't be GA or whatever. But they've now moved on by having the the, the most balanced leagues by skill set, like the way that she um, curates each division so the teams are balanced and has teams sort of play in. Like y- you know what I mean? Like she'll look at the roster and be like, mm, "You're knowing the community well enough, or judging the team, she can say you probably fit in here, and then have them play." series to determine where they fit so it is very curated that way it's very different than other leagues and because of the way it was it was started but to me it's interesting because it is similar to gray in that it nurtures people who are very new to the game and people who are like very you know serious and and and, you know old school to the game now after almost a year and a half or whatever i guess so it, it is interesting to me that i can see the the similarity between the two sure yeah so where do you guys see the future of Gray Squadron? What are you guys moving towards? What are you what are you seeing for the game and for Gray Discord? So our vision has been kind of twofold. Um like a lot of us dream of a squadrons too, right? Mm-hmm. Another game like this where maybe some of the things are fixed, but we, we get some more depth of content, you know, all, whatever squadrons two looks like. And so part of, part of the goal is, is to get gray squadron to squadrons too. Right. Mm-hmm. And so the question is, how do you make that happen? And so to that end, we've got, we're starting to support some other games in the server as well. We've got people playing, you know, Star Citizen or um, that Age of Ashes game, uh, various different things with their Gray Squadron buddies in Gray Squadron server at times. Um, Smash Brothers uh, is one of the ones that a bunch of people will get together and play. Um, we continue to build out these events. Um, so we've got, we've got people playing fleet battles versus AI twice a week. We've got, you know, we've got our seven SCL comp teams. We've got two different gravy nights, but when you put it all together, there's a lot going on that keeps energy going. Um, and so obviously we'll have to continue to, uh, to morph some of the activities that are happening as, you know, squadrons, it will inevitably, you know, die off more than it has now. But like right now, there's some really good life, and so we we want to continue to play into that and mm-hmm. maintain that. But we you also have to recognize that like every video game, at some point, uh, you know, the player base will continue to decline uh, to a point where if you're going to maintain the community in the Discord, there have to be other games that a lot of people are coming together to play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at the end of the day, what Gray Squadron is has we've sort of shifted gears in the sense of we want this to be not the place that you go to play squadrons with friends, but the place you go to hang out with friends and play games. Mm -hmm. And it seems like a bit of a semantic difference, but there's a really significant difference there in the sense of this isn't 
going to remain a squadrons only server we're already starting towards that transition into including other games but it's more about the people that we want to hang out with the people that we associate with um like Gito said whether it's smash brothers or tetris or um you know age of ashes or even just talking about the newest horizon forbidden west or this elder ring elden ring coming out um this is a community now more than it is a game where it started as a game looking for people to play with now it's people together looking for games to play mm-hmm. and that's where we want it to go that's the the direction we're going to you know continue and to guide as we move forward i think that completely sums up the overall uh change that i saw since last summer when i've noticed you guys kind of take over the leadership role that i think you just put into words is the difference that i've observed it's not just a place for people to play squadrons but a place for squadrons people to play games with each other just not only in gray squad gray squad but i think even the squadrons community beyond too will come there so i think it's a really great meeting point for everything there guys do you want to give a shout out to your social medias or anything like that that you want to just give a heads up to <laughs> I don't have any social media. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we could shut up the SEF. Uh, maybe just yeah, we could shut up there. The all the gray SCF. teams there support the gray yeah. uh, merch. You can get on their the SEF site too. I mean, we need to do that. Yeah, well, yeah. We've got a gray squadron. Yeah, we've got a gray squadron uh, uh, Teespring site as well, where you, there's uh, some separate gray squadron merch as well. Um, for though anybody who's not part of the Discord, uh, we do have a permalink now, so you can actually just go to discord.gg slash gray squadron mm-hmm. uh, to get an invite. You don't have to ask for some, uh, somebody for one at this point. Uh, so that's uh, one of the benefits of, of getting uh, all these boosts in is <laughs> you can get that permalink. So um, I'll include that in the link below there or in the description. Yeah, awesome. uh, oh, yeah, the Bantha guy, all the guides too. You guys have. Oh, well, I didn't mention those. All the guides for new players, check out the guides that are there in Gray Discord for sure. There's amazing yeah. ones. They're still updated. We, uh, yeah. They are still yeah, updated. Uh, the Bantha guide is, mm-hmm. is arguably has, has been called the guide that should have come with the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I welcome anyone who wants it to just show up in the server. All you got to do is type the forward slash in Bantha and it'll automatically populate for you. You just download it. It's only only 28 pages, 29 pages, you know, very thick, dense oh pages. <laughs> yeah. It'll tell you everything you need to know. Yeah, Siren started the the guide with Gray Squadron like oh well more than a year ago. He Siren had created a guide even before January of 2021, and then uh, eventually um, Siren ran out of time to keep working on it. And Tim kind of uh, built something for the Bantha team, and then we kind of merged them together. And so that's just one big fun packed guide uh you can uh it's got information about gray squadrons squadrons the game uh just discord operation in general if you're like tim and i who are brand new to discord just so we could find people to play squadrons with right so um we know your play because we were there (laughs) i went from about 10 to 75 so once i started playing squadrons discord became a lot bigger um anything else you guys want to add in here 
Uh, not really, man. It's been a long, strange yeah. trip, but I'm glad I've been here. Seriously, guys. Yeah, me too. It's It's been a great uh, great place to be through the pandemic uh, without squadrons and meeting some people to compete with and to build community with. Like, I, I you know, can't imagine what, what the pandemic would have been without it. And so... Yeah. Um, I think that's one of the great parts about the squadrons community as a whole, and I think everybody probably feels that, um, whether it's in in Savrip or Orange or um, you know Niwi, whatever. It's just uh, it's a pretty tight knit community, and we're glad to have you all here, and uh, you're all more than welcome to visit us in Gray Squadron. Oh, thank you very much, guys. Thank you again so much for being on the podcast, Gito and Tim, and thank you everybody for checking it out. We'll catch you next time.